This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. We're happy to be in America. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. How are you? Good. I'm sorry if that offended anybody. I was actually doing a quote from... Oh, God, what movie did that come from? See, I did it and I don't even remember where it came from. <laughs> but it was literally a quote from a movie. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> How goes it? It goes well. How is your Wednesday? Uh, my Wednesday is good. I'm happy. Life is good. Sun shining. I'm feeling all kinds of bright. <laughs> I'm waiting for my skin to clear up a little bit. <laughs> it's I don't know what's going on. I think this change of weather and stuff like that is just uh, not being good. But I was having good skin all summer. And then all of a sudden, winter, well, not even winter, fall decides to show her ass. All over your face. All, <laughs> sounded a little precarious. <laughs> sounded a little weird. How are you? How be you? I'd be good. I'm not having a face full of fall ass, so I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's a whole lot of face, so it would take a whole lot of fall for that to happen. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, good. Um, what say you we get into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week? I think that's a great I'm idea. I'm like really eager this week because... <laughs> Um, as a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, Please, please, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of your adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. So this week, I'm excited to highlight a couple that I stumbled upon because... As usual, I stumbled upon them by <laughs> falling down the Instagram hole. Um, but I'm really excited about this couple. It is um, the first guy. His name is Adam Pate. I, I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sure it's like Adam Pate or something of that sort. I don't know. Um, but he, you can find him on Instagram. He's uh, at Adam D P A T E. Um, and then his gorgeous. Uh, boyfriend Bernardo Vesperman, uh, which is at Bernardo. I'm sorry, Bernardo. I don't know why I did that. That's not a name. Bernardo O V E S P E R M A N N, and that is on Instagram as well. Um, I freaking love this couple. Yeah, they have this super cute um, YouTube channel right yeah. yep steps you of two foreigners steps of two foreigners yeah. correct yep um and uh i i like the story um i like their story i like that um he moved to is it brazil adam yep so they live in brazil adam's from the usa um and then bernardo america yeah <laughs> and uh bernardo is from brazil um and the two live down in brazil together um, and they literally have an entire Instagram and 
YouTube uh, pages that are devoted to them and their relationships and are their relationship um, and what it is that they have for one another and the love that they share. I mean, they are just they're fucking adorable. They are giant beasts of men. Oh, I mean, yeah, we didn't even get on that. First of all, the two are like stacked like a deck of cards. Um, they are literally <laughs> like, no, they're like super well built. Um, clearly work out. It looks like Adam has, um, competed in like physique competitions right. and things like that. Bernardo is thicky thick. Like he's got, you know, muscles on top of muscles. Um, but I'm not even talking about that part of it cause that is wonderful. But at the same time, that is not even what's the most amazing about him. Every single picture that they have together is like them hugging and loving and looking and touching each other like which is or experiencing some picturesque gorgeousness well i mean it's brazil so Mm -hmm. yes that that those things exist and for sure um but it's like really great you know they adam had um an episode of the uh instagram i'm sorry the youtube page um where he interviewed his mom and talked a little bit to his mom about like him being gay and his relationship and living in Brazil and like moving away from America to be with this guy, like and all this other stuff like that. And it's just wonderful. Like it's, they're just so wonderful and they're in love. You know, there's a picture of Adam and uh, Bernardo laying on the couch because Adam just went and bought um, Brazilian soccer jerseys for them to wear during the world cup. Um, even though Brazil didn't win the world cup, uh, you know, he was there with his husband or boyfriend, you know, just trying to, be supportive as an American who doesn't watch soccer probably. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just adorable and it's just fun. So I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah. They're super sweet and they're just so crazy about each other. Yeah. And again, gorgeous. Like there's nothing better than gorgeous men who are in love with one another. Right. Both inside and out. I love it. Um, so you guys go follow them, please, please, please. Again, you can follow Adam. He is a D a M d p a t e um and that is on instagram and then his friend is bernardo um which is b-e-r-n-a-r-d-o-v-e-s-p-e-r-m-a-n-n i promise you will not feel badly about looking at all the pictures and again you can also follow the two of them on youtube um steps of two foreigners Um, They are fantastic. I promise you'll love them. We're going to take a quick break. um, And when we get back, we we are going to... something so exciting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Makes us super duper happy. You're Um, not going to believe it. Stay tuned. speaking with the shirtless violinist himself, Matthew. I don't want to butcher your name, so I'm going to have you say it for me for the first for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. I get that asked a lot. It's Matthew Olszewski. That's what I thought, but 
so I'm I'm just very sensitive to people mispronouncing names, so I always want to make sure that I, I do right by that. Oh yeah, no problem. But uh, I need to say I am thrilled to be on your show. I was so happy that you asked me to be on Marco and Tony. Oh, thank you so much. We, we are, excited. are excited, and we also have Matthew's boyfriend Paul on here as well. Hello, Paul. Hey, and I bet you wouldn't butcher my last name. No, because <laughs> your last name is Chase, right? <laughs> no, my last name is Castle. Castle, that's right. I'm so sorry. See, see he did <laughs> butcher it. I, I did. You butchered it. I can't I believe it. Okay, that I was know. a really easy task. Two syllables. No, I knew it. Beca- hey, I knew it began with the C. I was just yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you guys so much. Um, Matthew and Paul um, were kind enough to do this interview with us via phone. So you guys get to hear our voices from across the country, which is like amazing. And it was Matthew's idea, by the way, which we're so excited about. It was a great idea, Matthew. I know. If I had known Matthew had this whole idea about us doing it this way and then um, not flying out there, if I... I would have, uh, yeah, I would have insisted that we book tickets out to New York because I love New York. <laughs> when was the last so time we can cancel here? the podcast. That's fine. Oh, we <laughs> haven't been there since late, late uh, 2016. And it was my oh first time. Yeah. You guys are due for a trip. You are. Oh, yeah. We have long overdue. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're so planning the, it. The next time you guys come back, um, you'll have to let us be your tour guides and, um, Hopefully, during that time period, you'll let us have a glass of wine with you when that's happening. It'll have to be a cheat cheat week. Yeah, no, we'd yes. love that. That'd be so much for fun. Sh- yeah, for sure. Because I don't want to be responsible for the shirtless violinist not being at peak performance. <laughs> Single handedly destroyed the career of the shirtless violinist. <laughs> Night at the bar. White. Yeah. You can see the headline now. He's come undone. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. It's awesome. So let's um, let's start by uh, following our traditional relationship um, format and have you introduce each other. Oh, oh, my God. OK, <laughs> that's kind of fun. Who's going first? Yeah. So you go first. Yeah, you go first. I go first. Yeah. <laughs> So I can do one better. First. I wanted you to go first so I can do better. <laughs> well, the competition has already started and we're barely in. I okay. like it. Uh, so uh, this is Paul Castle, uh, my partner. We've been together for, well, I guess, wait, I'm going to go into the whole history. I better watch myself. Uh, so yeah, you're is, supposed to introduce me, just introduce you. This so, is about me. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, I promise. <laughs> So this is uh, Paul Castle, uh, my partner of two years. He's a uh, legally blind visual artist. He uh, does amazing paintings. Uh, grew up in Vancouver, BC, and we've been together for yeah, as I said, just over two years. Wow. Okay. All right. That was okay. I think I can improve. No. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Okay. So uh, this is Matthew Matthew Olszewski, my dear partner, uh, who is an incredibly dedicated and talented and disciplined violinist and uh, who's incredibly fit and has a heart of gold and grew up in the Midwest, born in Santa Fe, and moved out here, thankfully, to the Pacific Northwest. Otherwise, 
who would have never shown up on my grinder account. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's a question. That's a question for I later. I am just teasing it. I'm teasing. I'm teasing how we met. It's a preview. It's a preview. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. That is awesome. Well, I, I've got to say that both of them were good. Um, and I'll let you guys decide who was better. Oh, <laughs> uh, Paul's was. No, no. Well, so you guys have only been together for two years. Uh, yeah, two two years and like four months. So we're I won't up on say, two and a half years. I won't say only. Let me take that only back because <laughs> um, that is nothing to snuff at. But I feel like like I don't know the the foundation, the solidness that is your relationship and the connection and the connection. It kind of it feels as if you guys have been together for like a decade or so. Yeah, it feels like that. For us, I think, sometimes, too. Oh. I think everything we've gone through, just putting this entire shirtless violinist thing together has kind of packed about a decade worth into two years. Yeah. So we've had, to, we've had to deal with a lot. We've had to go through a lot as a relationship and deal with a lot that normally you wouldn't deal with in, in just two years. And I also want to say, like, when people are... Uh, often dating and then moving in with each other, they have their own nine to five jobs that they're going to every day and they're apart mm-hmm. from each other a lot. And in the last two years, I mean, Matthew and I spend almost 100% of our time together. Everything we do is together. And um, so I feel like we've really packed in a decade of a relationship, at least, you know, in the terms of an average relationship, I suppose. Oh it's my incredible. gosh. Yeah. So Tony and I, this is the first time that we've ever done like a joint project together. Um, and I will say that it has had some fun times and it has had some challenging times, <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> but right. we do, we do like doing this together cause it's fun. Like, yeah. We, we do like being around each other. So it, it does make it fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I love what you said. You know, there are good times and there aren't bad times. There are just challenging times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we can all use a challenge once in a while. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one knows how to challenge you like your partner. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I tell you, I could use a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is awesome. Okay. So, Matthew, a little birdie told me that you found the violin at three. Is that correct? Yes. So according to my dad, um, there was another family who had kids. They played the violin. My parents were like, we are going to keep up with the Joneses. They had just had me. And so they had me start. So that's my dad's story. Story according to my mom at the age of three, I just asked. Sign me up, mom. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure if three-year-olds are in the habit of asking to be signed up for violin lessons, but um, uh, yeah, you can you can choose whatever story you like better. Yeah, I mean, because when I was three years old, I wanted to be a clown. So <laughs> I, I think you picked the better <laughs> instrument, if you will. I wanted a red nose. <laughs> Well, I distinctly uh, remember at the age of three, I wanted to be the roadrunner from Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh, see, I like your aspirations better than mine. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, either way, I start, you know, I started music at the age of three. Uh, it was playing on the tiniest of violins. They come in fractional sizes. 
and wow. going to lessons every single week with my mom. And uh, at that age, she basically had to teach me at home every single day. So um, that's a lot of patience to teach a three-year-old um, violin. Yeah. Does um, your mom play the violin as well? She grew up and at various times played piano, violin, banjo, and flute, if I remember correctly. Nothing wow. for, you know, long, uh, uh, nothing lifelong, but she, she loved music. She, she rebelled um, against the culture by listening to classical music as a girl. And mm. so we actually grew up uh, really hearing classical music, Broadway, soundtrack. Um, that, was, that was what was played in, in the house. Oh, I love it. I want to grow up in that house. I know. <laughs> Paul, did you play an instrument at all? No, actually, I, I, I never played an instrument. And I begged my parents for piano lessons as a child. <laughs> I wasn't three. I think I was a little older than that. But my parents were not musical. And that was not, they had no understanding or interest in the musicality. So that's how I ended up in art and drawing, because that was something I could do without taking lessons. I just did that kind of on my own, discovered it on my own. But I didn't have a family that was supportive of the arts. Didn't you ask for piano and they immediately signed you up for like basketball? Or oh, yeah. Something? Yeah. They forced me into basketball. I took a <laughs> year of basketball. It was the most embarrassing, humiliating year of my eight-year-old life. <laughs> my parents are big sports players. My mom was a um, semi-pro tennis player. My dad is a big golfer. So that's just what they were into. Wow. See, I grew up in a sports family as well. My dad is a very big basketball player. My brother played basketball, played college basketball and all that. So I played basketball when I was younger, but my dad always loved music and always wanted to be a musician. So he conned me into playing the saxophone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I never wanted to play it, but I played the saxophone from sixth grade until... Like, I think it was like my sophomore year of college when I finally was like, I don't really want to play this anymore because I'm not a huge fan of reed instruments, um, but I played it because I had no other choice. Um, but Well, I, I mean, if you brush off that saxophone, Matthew has been wanting to do a, uh, a collaboration with a saxophonist for a while. <laughs> so. Real, oh, it, it would probably take me some time, but I might, I, you know, I might... Well, first of all, I'd have to go to the gym so that I could make sure. The shirtless violinist and the shirt full saxophonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I was good. I the thing I loved about playing the saxophone though is like because I li I lived in R and B and pop music. Um, I was really like I despise playing sheet music but I loved listening to the radio and playing back what I heard. So I actually had a really good ear for um, like popular music and things like that. That's funny. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. See, I, I grew up with what I played baseball, basketball, and soccer because I had about a foot and a half uh, on the kids my own age because uh, I hit several growth spurts much earlier than they did. But I wanted to play, first I wanted to play piano, then I wanted to play violin, then I wanted to learn voice. Uh, but the problem was that the piano, so we finally scrounged up, uh, we were very poor, and we finally scrounged up enough money to get uh, a piano lesson, and the poor dear sweet lady died the day before my first lesson. <laughs> and, oh, no. Oh, wait, it gets worse. 
And Uh-oh. then, um, you know, I wanted to learn the violin, and I had a strapping young man who was going to come and teach me the violin, and he died literally on no, the No, God! You are cursed! My, he got into a terrible car accident. So eventually I just gave up. I said, I love music so much, I'm not going to kill any more musicians uh, <laughs> yeah. by trying you to get what? them to teach Forget me. that thing about us coming out to see you in person. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No more collaborative <laughs> with the saxophone. Yeah. I'll, come out, back. Seattle. I'll come out to Seattle by myself. Your, okay. your, your music video is going to feature a coffin. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, but I even, like, I thought, I, I got a complex from it. I stopped. And I thought about... Um, uh, I thought about like, oh, I was probably just young and really crazy. I'm sure this is fine. And I had a friend of mine I, I was telling the story to. And she's like, you're just crazy. I'll teach you how to sing here. Hum this bar. And I literally hummed one bar and she started coughing. And I was like, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. That's, yeah. Oh, I'm scarred for so, <laughs> so, Matthew, to date, uh, I mean... How, if you don't mind my asking, if you don't want to tell, that's more than fine. But how old are you? I'm 34. Okay, so you've had what 31 years of violin playing to date. What is your like? What is your greatest accomplishment? What have you done that like makes you super proud of your violin playing? Wow, um, great question. So. Prior to being the shirtless violinist, um, I had a couple of experiences. One was playing on stage with uh, Andre Bocelli, whose voice is just phenomenal uh, live. And uh, um, another was getting to play with Josh Groban. um, I um, died when I learned that. Tony is so (laughs) gay for Josh Groban. I totally am. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I fell in love with him when he was on Ally McBeal and did You're Still You. Oh my god. I used to yeah, watch Ally I, McBeal. I don't remember. Yeah, me that. too. Right, oh so. yeah, no, it was amazing. He was like the little high school nerd and he was super quiet and it was nothing and he sang that song at the prom and Ally McBeal oh, was wow. his date and then he dropped her uh and went for his girlfriend <laughs> that the girl okay. that he had a huge crush on. No, it was it was actually really great. But uh, no, I love him and then I've listened to every album and every song he's done ever since. Wow. Yeah. Well, Matthew said he had a little. Uh, didn't you say he had a li- he had a little boy toy behind the behind the scenes? There were way too many cute boys behind the scenes for Josh Groban to be straight. Yeah, we are really. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was really? like, wow, he has such a good looking entourage. And there was one who was a little closer, a little closer all the time, wasn't there? One little hanger on. Nice. Interesting. I okay, I was, we I are here to dish. We are spilling tea all I over. No, this Josh is a Roman. relationship exclusive right here. I love this. <laughs> I don't want to get sued for defamation of character, but I believe every word you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love it. So let's let's get into a little bit into the um uh the the format that you're using. So do you think that you had to adopt um, this shirtless persona to gain the fame that you have? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in retrospect, yes. It, you know, it came off just as kind of a fun joke. Paul said to me, take it off, otherwise no one will notice you. You know, there's... <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. I, am, I would be a terrible, <laughs> terrible parent. Let the record show. 
Take it off, otherwise no one will notice you. <laughs> <laughs> or no, are you the not. best parent? No, Paul, no, I relate. Be. I relate okay. because uh, you know, I, I feel like I would be the parent that's like, um, you need to start them wearing heels at three so they have good calf muscles when they exactly. get older and look great in skirts. Like, it's just uh-huh, a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was sort I of like a... <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know if you guys are totally familiar. Like, this was the persona of the shirtless violinist was something that Matthew and I created together after yes. knowing each other just like for one month. And um, yeah, it was just part of our shared dream. Mine was filmmaking. Matthew's, of course, was is just performing. Um, but yeah, like, sorry to interrupt you, Matthew. You were saying you believe. Like, I've actually told Matthew a few times because. Um, that I regret the day I suggested taking off the shirt because I honestly think that he is so talented that he could have become really big as a shirted violinist. And, um, well, I believe, I mean, he's certainly talented enough. And, you know, sometimes this whole shirtless thing is a bit of a, it has taken over our lives in, in such that, you know, the, the diet and the workouts always have to be on point and it's a lot of work. Um, but Matthew's pretty insistent that he doesn't think that it would have, become what it has and I you know I, I kind of go back and forth I mean he, he makes a good point coming from the classical world um, you know we're the violinists are a dime a dozen you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a violinist um, there, there's too many of them there's too many of them yeah this is like how we spend most of our afternoons actually swinging dead yeah. cats I have one right now likewise <laughs> Please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, no, and and I, I thought there's so many violinists already on YouTube. What's gonna make? Why why just do another one? Why more music videos? Why more music videos with violinists? Um, and I wanted to do one. And so when Paul just threw that out there, I looked around and there was no one around. And so I took my shirt off because I was extremely shy. Oh, yeah. I was holding the camera at this time. I mean, we had briefly discussed him removing his shirt prior to this, but it was not, like, set in stone. And we were still newly dating. I felt a little bit like I was harassing him to take his clothes off. <laughs> yeah, outside. It. In public. <laughs> and I didn't want to push him too hard, on, but I was really hoping he would do it because I was just like... Oh my God, he looks so amazing! I can't be the only person who gets to see him play half naked. <laughs> I wanted were, to share it with a, the world because you were a physical therapist—not uh, a physical therapist, but a, uh, a physical trainer. I'm sorry, uh, at the time, right? A fitness instructor. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. fitness I was, instructor. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had taken his class actually. It was really fun and adorable. And yeah, he, Is that so how he's you always met? taking good care of himself. That's awesome. Love it. Is that how you two met? Was in that class? That would be such a great story, but um, oh no, no, you said you met on Grindr. <laughs> yeah, we right? met on Grindr. We're getting, we're getting back to that. We're getting. Back <laughs> we're going to get back to that. We will get. We will get back to that. So I've got to ask you, like, with knowing that you're, um, with knowing that there is so much attention on you because of your physique and for being shirtless and things like that, it like. Does that bother? Are you bothered by that, or are you humbled by it? Are you happy because of it? Like, how does it make you feel? Oh, you know that is complex. Um, you know, I'm really glad that I took the shirt off. Just, I, I, I don't take myself seriously. So when we put out the first video, it was really like this is kind of a joke, and it got twenty thousand views, and we were like, what? 
what just happened? We have one video. <laughs> and we actually Google searched and found that Pride.com had written about us. We were like, what? They didn't tell us. They wrote about us. This is cool. So we kind of did what anybody else would do. And we put out another one. Right, and right. that got two or three articles and more views. And so we did another one. And it, the, the cycle just repeated. We had no plan. We didn't even know what video we were doing next. We didn't know when we were doing it. But when it got a good reception, we just did another one. And then, but that wasn't really the question he asked. Yeah, so <laughs> so I ended up as I like to remind I gotta check keep him on track check sometimes. Keep him in check. I love I it. That, that was that was leading. That was leading to my answer. That was setting the stage. <laughs> okay. So, so so I kind of ended up as the shirtless violinist by accident. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> just just that's kind of a joke because yeah. uh, we didn't I didn't take myself seriously. So. I see good and 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 negative components of it. Um, you know, I I really like just having fun, making classical music sexy. Pop music has been sexy forever, and classical music has been stodgy and straight laced and only done one way. So I'm really glad to kind of shake things up and do things differently, and introduce people to the violin who never would give it a second glance. Um, one fan put it really well when she said, "Come for the abs and stay for the music." And so I'm glad, I'm glad I can do that. Even if they're coming for the abs, they're staying, so many people are staying for the music because they're like, wow, I actually love the violin. I didn't know I love the violin. This song sounds so beautiful on the violin. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, obviously See, we live in a culture that kind of idolizes uh, the body, um, glorifies it, the, the, the desire for the perfect body. You can't open your Instagram without feeling inferior because your body doesn't look like everything you're seeing. So, you know, and to me, that's all about balance. You know, you have to take good care of your body. It, my body's like my violin. It's, you know, it's an instrument that I want to have at the highest level I can. I want to play music at the highest level I can and I want my body. I want to take care of my body. Um, it's the only one I'll get. And... So I, I'm glad to be promoting body positivity um, as much as I can. And for me, this was a journey of kind of accepting myself and removing the shame surrounding my body that I grew up with, which is a long story. Um, so yeah, it's, it's to me, it's all about it's about balance. So so you you would be as fit as you are now even if the shirtless violinist wasn't a thing Ooh, no <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. no this definitely let me, up, let me ask you how bad do you want a cheeseburger right now <laughs> oh my god it's pizza pizza oh he pizza. an entire pizza yeah Oh, I, I, I find him every morning. Wakes up, he's chewing his pillow. He's, he's dreaming about. <laughs> uh, well, um, well, if I could answer a little bit, I, there's no doubt in my mind Matthew would be extremely fit because when I met him, there, he was not taking a shirt off for anybody or showing it anywhere, right. and he was always, right. always super fit. I thought he looked great, but the exposure um, has, I think. Definitely because Matthew's a perfectionist in a lot of ways and pushes himself to be better all the time, not just at the violin, but with his physicality. Um, yeah, I, it's pushed him harder probably. And I actually believe that there's a little element of that that he loves. 
that he loves that he has that little bit of extra pressure because he would always mm-hmm. he wants to have a good reason to stay in great shape. Sure, I mean because because I mean if you really think about it, like there's no, that's why they always say like going to the gym with a buddy is the best thing to do because there's somebody that's pushing you to do it, right? So accountability, like, right? There's accountability behind it, absolutely. Or in it's, this case, three million people pushing you three, to do it. Yeah, <laughs> millions <laughs> doing it. Yeah. So it, it, this is that is amazing. So, um, you know, Matthew, do you at the end of the day do? You, and you've kind of hit on this already, but do you, do you like that our culture is such that, you know, um, the abs bring people to classical music before your beautiful violin playing does? Like, is that something that, do you cringe when you think about that? Or is it something that you've just kind of like accepted and, and move forward with? Or are you happy with it? I know I've really accepted that. Well, I, I would say I've accepted it. Um, and when I hear that from a, an individual fan, uh, you know, this, the woman I'm speaking of in particular who, who, who said that quote, I came for the abs, but I stayed for the music, that really made me smile. That really made my day to know that I had made another convert to the violin, to classical music. You know, someone who could, was now going to appreciate it in a new way. That's awesome. That's great. So how often do you go to the gym? Inquiring minds would like to know. Uh, so right now my trainer says I need to go seven days a week. I just started a new program, and uh, that's probably going to be six. Yeah. I think seven is overkill. Even Matthew has his limits. Everybody needs a little rest. I mean, come on, right? You know what? You know what? I'll say it. Slacker. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was thinking it. Uh, Yeah, right? I just, I mean, I thought you were going to say something ridiculous like two or three, and I was going to just literally kill myself right here on the podcast because... That is, uh, I mean, that's dedication right there. And so good, good for you. What's your, what's your favorite workout at the gym? Like what happens at the gym that you're like, okay, I don't mind doing that. Leaving. (laughs) Good answer. I think, I think we just got our sound bite. (laughs) There's there's always, there's always a quote of the day. And I think that was it. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. That is a good quote. <laughs> yeah, I love the workouts I have, and uh, they're very intense right now because I'm uh, currently in kind of a bulking bulking season, and so really, really intense uh, weights, uh, very intense hit um, abs <clears throat> during the entire workout. Today, we uh, today I was there for two hours, and it was just two hours of, of wow. I was there with you, by the way. Were you? you can, yeah, I, I was, was there. <laughs> I love I how you said. Yeah, okay. I can I just Paul, can Paul I just like add, a ride or die? I like this. Paul is like <laughs> what you want. <laughs> yeah. Can I add though that Matthew? Um, is such a disciplined person I think that like the regularity of things like practicing the violin and going to the gym is such an intrinsic part of his life I mean like it is work but Matthew gets I see so much positive energy from that kind of daily discipline so it's actually days that we don't go to the gym that one day a week he'll we'll drive past it and he'll look longingly at it if we're gonna (laughs) he has to take a couple days off from the gym he misses it I mean I really believe 
that that kind of that putting himself and which is kind of like a little bit of torture because it it's hard sometimes. Uh, but that's just like comes with the biggest rewards, you know, pushing yourself. Like I that. I literally think you're a robot, Matthew. There, I said it, <laughs> and because um, no one feels that way. And yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? As a as a perfectionist with OCD, I totally get it. I absolutely okay, yeah, get it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's true. Um, That's true. But he is a robot. Thing? I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. Two years into this relationship, I can tell you, he's definitely part. Cyborg. <laughs> I, I believe it. I 100% believe it. Um, yeah. You can't be that good at the violin, that built and uh, dedicated to working out and not be part robot. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to switch gears right now. And I think we should, t- I want to talk about Paul. Because as I was telling you um, on our, like, as we were chit-chatting before, uh, this call, I, I started doing a teeny bit more information, like digging uh, about Paul, and I was like, "Holy sh- shit, Paul, you are super fascinating!" And I am a huge fan of yours because not wow, only are thank you, you you're, you're beyond incredible. talented, and you are like beyond talented and you kind of created this whole shirtless violinist thing so you're a marketing <laughs> you're a marketing genius um, but like beyond that you actually have uh oh my gosh i'm gonna butcher this Retin- oh yeah get ready to butcher <laughs> here we go ready retinitis yeah. pigmentosa did i say oh wow that was perfect yeah that was perfect uh-huh. I practice. He can't do names, but he's got those Latin medical terms down just (laughs) right. (laughs) Rare medical terms, you got it. Right, right. You know those things on the side of like the the cereal box that no one can read? He can read them. Oh, yeah. I can read. (laughs) So, I mean, Paul, if you don't mind, please share with our listeners what retinitis pigmentosa is. Okay, absolutely. Um, Okay, so retinitis pigmentosa, or simply RP, is a one of one of a handful of genetic eye diseases um, that affect a, a small percentage of people around the world, and it is uh, genetic, so it's passed down through your your parents, and it just it it chooses sort of when it appears. It, it can kind of happen randomly in anybody's life. Mine showed up pretty young. And RP specifically begins with the loss of night vision. So uh, night blindness sets in. And that happened really young for me because as a kid, I could never see stars in the sky. That was the first oh. kind of indicator that something was difficult. And then um, I, w- I always, you know, I had mentioned earlier that my parents were really into sports and we had a sports family. And I grew up with an older brother who was super athletic. And so I was involved temporarily unfortunately and begrudgingly in sports and because of my difficulty seeing uh because i was terrible i mean very very bad embarrassingly bad and i didn't exactly know why because rp also affects the peripheral vision so i actually have tunnel vision and it's just gradually worsened as i've um, gotten older so low light in dim light and then peripheral vision is kind of the first first areas to go with RP. And then when I was, um, uh, well, I, we can get into the diagnosis, I think. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the 
first indication. And there are many forms of it, but um, right now there are there's no treatment for it and there's no cure. So it's just sort of one of these things that degenerates until total blindness sets in. Wow. And yet, in spite of that, you make films. And you're yeah. on top yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, like I said, when, when my parents were trying to get me into sports, all I really wanted to do was draw and write stories. And I was just absolutely a kid that was enamored by Disney. And I wanted to be a Disney animator. And that's what kind of got me into art and drawing and storytelling at a young age. And then... I also became completely infatuated with filmmaking and I idolized Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton as a kid. So I wanted to grow up and like be a movie director. But when I was diagnosed with RP at age 16, I thought that that would never happen. And I was making little movies. I had a little, my own Super 8 camera or an 8mm. Um, and I made movies with my friends and my cousins and I, I directed as a kid. But when I learned about losing my vision, I uh, decided not to pursue filmmaking. I, I, did, I decided not to go to film school because I just, um, I didn't see a future in, wow. in doing that. Yeah, that was really hard, actually. That was extremely hard for me to make that decision. But I, I love, um, love English and I love reading and books. And so I actually pursued a degree in, in English literature, but I was always painting, continuing to paint and write on the side and whatnot. So I actually just sort of transitioned into a full-time career as an artist. I never thought people would buy my paintings. And about 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I started selling them. So uh, all of yeah. the proceeds for those paintings actually goes towards RP research. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And I donate the proceeds to the Foundation Fighting Blindness, um, which is a really great foundation here in the United States that is kind of the f uh, at the forefront of research and clinical trials for, for finding treatment and cures and also just for helping people with blind uh, different levels of blindness. I wow. think that's so wonderful. And you both actually are into charity work because the, the bit of Google Ninja skills that I have uh, <laughs> re revealed to me that... Um, uh, among the many uh, things that you've both done, uh, you have um, also contributed to my personal favorite, which is the Trevor Project. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something that we we did s several times, uh, picking different charities, and it's something we'd like to to do again if if we can find a charity that's interested in working with us. Anyway, and I actually think the Trevor Project is something we'd like to pursue in a bigger way. Um, we were doing that with some of the early videos because Matthew and I discussed when we set out to do this and we realized, okay, we're going to make more than one video. I was like, these should you know, have a bit of a cause. We want to do something more with it since it was getting an audience. We thought, well, we need to use that position. So that's when we started um, looking into helping out with the Trevor Project and the True Colors Fund and a couple of others. So that's always been really important to us. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I love it. That is wonderful. You guys, again, you have literally became become my like favorite person because <laughs> favorite people because I just I'm so fascinated. I like I you know, I think so often there are impairments or there are things that take place within our lives that literally 
cripple us and and I hate using that word but like they kind of like break us down right they kind of make us feel as if there's nothing that we can do or nowhere that we can go but the reason why I was so fascinated with you is that you have yet to let something like this stop you from doing things and and you've literally progressed and and done whatever it is that you wanted to do in life you know even though this is something that's kind of hanging over your head and you've managed to find a way to to make it into something positive and i like i said i applaud you i was like holy i mean the whole shirtless violet matthew you're an incredible person and you're ridiculously talented but i'm like holy crap he's got a ridiculously talented human being that is his partner as well and you guys are like the power couple i love it (laughs) oh that's so sweet of you to say thank you so much i do want to say one thing though um about having the adversity kind of in my way i mean that's always been something that's kind of spurred me on a little harder especially with my artwork but i did say earlier and i admitted that i let the diagnosis sway me from my dreams of becoming a filmmaker and going to film school and that is the kind of the reality but it was meeting Matthew that totally changed that meeting Matthew and I told him about my dream because I've never really lost that passion to make film Mm -hmm. and he said forget it forget you know I'm not gonna let you give up on this dream because you're losing your sight now Matthew's quote every day is just dive in the deep end he said we're gonna do this together you're going to make these and, you know, together we're going to create something beautiful and do something fun. And if it weren't for his, in his motivation and his attitude, I would not, I don't believe I would have been able to per, pursue this dream that I had sort of almost given up on. Oh my and that's gosh. why I'm so grateful. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I had Paul film the first first few uh, videos, and and even when I had to say, "No, Paul, I'm behind you. Turn around. Um, <laughs> That's a tree. <laughs> it's a tree. It's not me." I was like, "You look so tall and slim." <laughs> Thank you. Where did all the muscles go? Yeah. Put your shirt back. <laughs> when, when did you get that tan? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and I should say with, uh, with his uh, night blindness, some of our first videos, we were filming outside on an iPhone, and due to the low light of the screen, as con- contrasted with the bright sunlight, he couldn't always even see the screen. Um, so, but, you know, it, did, it didn't face it didn't us at all. We were just out there to have fun, to film, to pursue both of our dreams, mine to make music videos, his to make, um, to make films. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we got, got frustrated each other once, oh, yeah. maybe just once. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, such a great experience. Yeah. Well, I have, to, I have to tell you, like, I mean, hearing this, I didn't see any of that in any of the filming. I, like... You know, I don't the know the magic of editing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but the, it's Tell but it's so it. much more than that because yeah. there's you know I don't know all the rules, but like the the what the rule of thirds, right, and the way those things were positioned in the composition, the amount of lingering for effect, the transition, um, the composition, like no, it was it's so professional and it's so like perfect, like uh, you know, I. I as a perfectionist and as a person with an OCD um, and as a person who loves art, like I tend to pick apart things, especially like in fragments. So 
to look at each individual shot. There wasn't anything where I said, oh, that didn't really work. Like everything just drew me in more wow. and more. That's um, so cool. And it, it's, it, every part, and, and this is what I love about us doing this, like every part of every piece of the two of you uh, together and individually is just magnificent. I there's so much like like push and pull and give and take and here for each Triumph. other and like and everything is just so I don't know it's just it just it's in sync and it, it oh, just yeah. works really really well and that's so oh. amazing it's so fun to witness. Thank you. Yeah, so I just much. have to say Thank I'm you. I'm so glad. That you are both on this planet. <laughs> oh. Oh. Thank you. We're glad you're on this planet. <laughs> and for the funny. record, I did not come for the abs. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, wow. you gotta admit they were a draw. <laughs> um, so, I, so I've got to ask how, and either one of you guys can ask uh, answer this question, but how has... Um, so, Paul, I'm going to ask you a question. Is it considered a disease or a disorder, or does it matter? Is there a, it's a genetic disorder, right? It's a genetic disorder. Yeah, yeah. it's a it, – well, you know what? I've heard it so interchangeable. Um, I've heard it uh, – some people call it a condition. So <laughs> okay. I typically call it a disorder or a disease. I mean, because it is actually – if you really want to put a fine point on it, it's just – it's a genetic mutation, so. Gotcha. I'm but a mutant. I am a mutant. Yeah. Let me tell you. I love the X Men. I love the X Men. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for your compensatory superpower to kick in. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Although yeah. I think it might have already. It might have uh, already. It's it it's coming have. up with it, great YouTube channels. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and brilliant ideas about images. Yeah. We'll call you YouTube man. Okay. Oh yes. It's about time. It does, it's about time. I mean, it does though, technically well. meet the definition of disease too, because it's degenerative. It, you know. Right. Gotcha. Although it doesn't respond to treatment, so I guess it would be a disorder. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Sorry. Well, sorry. Sorry. This is getting. I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Tony, this is like Tony being on works, Dr. Phil. Yeah, yeah Tony works Dr. in like social <laughs> services and uh, and my degrees in English. <laughs> He's a little crazy. Um, so, how has this disorder affected your relationship, both positively and negatively? Like, how has um, because Matthew, like, I, I, I'm sure, like you, you got into the relationship not thinking that you were going to have to be a part of something of this sort, right? Like no one thinks that they get into a relationship and it's like, Oh, like m my boyfriend's sight is going to essentially mm -hmm. go away at some point in time. How has that like affected your relationship? Well, we were actually just talking. I mean, this obviously comes up from, you know, we talk about it, we discuss it. Um, we yeah, were actually talking about this just the other day about, um, Matthew, of course, were in this relationship, and he didn't know that he was going to end up being in love with and you know living with somebody who had a degenerative disease or disorder. And it comes with its challenges. Um, but okay, I'll just say from my end, the way that it's affected us positively is that I just Matthew is, is so incredibly supportive loving thoughtful i mean he does everything uh right um in in my opinion because he 
knows when to be there for me, but he knows also when I can do something on my own. Um, having a genetic, uh, going blind, oftentimes people want to help a lot and swoop in and not really let me do anything. But Matthew knows and believes in me and says, no, you can do this. And mm. sometimes it's, you know, and I need somebody like that in my life because I need to be pushed. And that's, I mean, go right back to the whole filmmaking thing. You know, I didn't think I could do it, but Matthew says, yes, you can. <laughs> you, know, mm. you can do anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to answer that question from my point of view, it, you know, it's not something you... I was telling Paul yesterday over lunch, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about the, the future of it and uh, how it would affect our relationship. And Paul said, well, how does it make you feel? I said, well, no disorder, no disease, no, no ailment is something that you ever plan for. It's something that happens. And when it happens, then you do your best um, to to take it in stride. And I said, so, you know, I didn't plan. I never thought about who I would fall in love with. Um, I fell in love with you and you have RP. And so that's something that we just will do with. Uh, we'll do our best. Um, and along the lines of what Paul is saying, uh, someone said to me, you know, the real goal uh, with for Paul is to enable as much independence as possible for as long as possible. So being there to support him, you know, letting him know when he's about to walk into a wall. Which or, happens every day. <laughs> or, or if he's That's not okay. walking too fast, just kind of let him walk into it and then laugh at him because you know it won't hurt him. Um, yeah. it, it's okay. I have full sight and I do it too. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel better now. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. that you guys are able to joke and laugh and be lighthearted about it too oh my god we joke so much today oh listen today i um almost ran into a pillar at the gym which happens occasionally there's a pillar in my way and i almost walked into it but matthew kind of lightly kind of pushes me out of the way of things he just has a way of guiding me you know because we don't hold hands at the gym we're not holding hands at the gym (laughs) although i wouldn't mind um but there's a lot of bros there (laughs) um But I said, oh, thank you for not letting me walk into that pole. And he said, well, I didn't have my phone out. And I thought that meant, you know, he wasn't oh. distracted by his phone. No, it, because sometimes it, he couldn't film But it. he said, no, well, I didn't have my phone out to film it, so I wasn't going to let you walk into it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. So love we have it. a lot I, of laughs, and I love how I love he keeps it. it really light. I like how he keeps it light. You and they're getting to. you walking into a pole would be perfect for my Instagram story. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Paul, what would you like people to know about this disorder, uh, like going forward, and and you know, uh, something that we don't know because I feel like a lot of listeners right now are are being real educated at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I, pr- I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it and to you know help some people learn about. RP. But the truth is I've never actually met another person with it other than through the internet because it's just such a rare thing. Um, I've never met anybody with it. And I can only speak from my own experience and what I've read online about other people's experiences. And what I would like people to know is that it's different for everybody. Everybody with it is at a different stage of vision loss. And it changes from day to day, from room to room, and where the sun is in the sky and where the lamps are in the room. And then we have a really hard time describing what we're going through and what we can and can't see to other people. I mean, Matthew has lived with me 
for two plus years. And sometimes I don't, you know, even he doesn't 100% know what I can and can't see all the time because it's constantly changing and it's degenerative. So it has worsened over the course of our relationship. And I guess wow. that's what I would want people to know is that we, the person with the disease, don't even really know how to fully communicate what we can and can't see all the time or how best, you know. So it's a, that is an inherent challenge of having RP. So it, it takes, an, as, as a partner, it takes an immense amount of patience and understanding um, to be able to, um, again, give you the ability to figure it out yourself, right? Or understand what it is yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, sometimes sometimes I do let a little frustration creep in. I'll be like, wait, you, you didn't see my glass of water on the counter that you just knocked across the room? Um, that was, by the way, I do that at least once a week. We go through a lot of cups. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Ready? The dollar uh-huh. store is the best place in the world to buy glasses. Oh, yeah. And we need plastic. <laughs> yeah, then, now yeah. I know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah, yes, <laughs> here, thank yeah. you. Yeah, all of our clear glasses are just invisible, the Paul, yeah. on our light-colored counters. And the other day we were at the gym, and he was like, oh, did you see that cute guy? I'm like, wait a minute, you couldn't see my glass on the counter. Now you could see the guy across the gym. Like I said, it's unpredictable. We don't know how to describe listen, it. It listen, changes tell every him day. No, tell him it's the lighting. Apparently, no. Apparently that guy was so cute that he literally cures our people. Yeah. <laughs> that is a possibility. Some people Can get I... digmatized. You get asymptomatic. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even, even, even the blind get digmatized. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. That is fantastic. So, okay, so let's talk. First of all, um, now let's get into like the real grits of this uh, interview. Let, so well, this but, gr- there's a grinder story. Well, wait, before, <laughs> before we get into that, can I just, I just have to point out, I think it is... I haven't decided yet. I, I think it's either very poetic or very ironic that one of you has image-driven uh, notoriety and the other is losing their sight. Yeah. I think, I think there's something really... Um, well, let me, take it, let me take it one step further because you said it so well. And then on the flip side, Matthew's passion is music, which I can fully enjoy without any... Um, inabilities and I'm an artist which is completely image driven <laughs> right yeah I, right. I'm losing my sight so. but there is I oh, think you're God. right there's a bit of poetry in that isn't there I, th- I, I think it. so oh I my think God. there is you guys are gonna like be married and be like all cute and together and like live this like amazing fabulous like together gay life that we all aspire to chase after it's gonna be oh. <laughs> That sounds lovely. Okay. I like it. <laughs> I love um, it. So let's get back to your grinder story. So- <laughs> <laughs> this, by the way, this was all an ad for Grinder. You too can have this if you sign up for Grinder today. I know. <laughs> hey, hey, cut that check. Yes, right. <laughs> so tell us the story. How did you guys meet via Grinder? You were within 50 feet of each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it gets better actually. <laughs> so, oh, I love so it. I lived. Uh, so Paul, did you bump into ca- him? No, <laughs> <laughs> we were well because I'm Canadian. I lived on the other side of the border. I was living um, um, in Canada, and Matthew was in the furthest 
town of, of the Pacific Northwest. So you're, he's right up in the corner there. So we were actually just uh, had the border between us. Yeah, yeah. So I I was on I was on Grinder and uh, North Washington. And what were you doing on Grinder, Matthew? What I know. I was there? just going to ask that question. <laughs> what were you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> what everybody's looking for. Okay. <laughs> but see, that's where I'm like, that's not true because as a person with a degenerative blindness, I relied on apps like Grinder and Tinder, and I used Plenty of Fish and all the other sites to meet people because I wasn't meeting people out at the club or the bar, you know. And I was, yeah. So I was genuinely using it, hoping to meet the one, and I found him. That was yes, me. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was on there, and uh, the, you know, the little rural area that I was in, there was not a lot to choose from. So I paid for Grinder Extra because I was like, I have to be able to reach more people. And uh, oh, this ad got even better. Yeah, yeah make sure you buy Grinder Extra, or, or else you won't <laughs> find the one. <laughs> So all of a sudden I was getting all the way south down to Seattle and all the way north into Vancouver. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is this is much more interesting. And I happened to pause a candy store, a a candy store. (laughs) Okay. And I happened to be in. Did you um, find a jawbreaker? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry. (laughs) So I came across. Paul's profile and there was his cute face and um, I was like wow and I clicked on it and it was linked to his Instagram which is always nice to see when you're on Grinder. <laughs> and I went and looked and all the pictures matched. I was like hey this is this is the person <laughs> and he was into he just ran a marathon. I was like wow okay mm-hmm. this guy's into fitness too that's good. He had all these pictures of him and his um, with green smoothies. So I was like hey he's in the healthy eating two checks. Um, he paints. Wow. Okay. He paints really well. And then, oh my God, he's blind. What? (laughs) What? Um, so I messaged him and we started chatting back and forth and uh, it was enjoyable. And then as things went with our lives, we kind of got busy. We dropped off and it was about two months later that I was like, where was, where is that cute? Well, I, the truth is I had deleted the app. As I had was wont to do, every couple of months I would delete it and say I'm never downloading that again. And then, um, and then I downloaded it again, and sure enough, Matthew was still there. He said, chimed in and said hello. And that's when we decided. I just said, oh yeah, this. You know, my impression of Matthew was this guy's too good looking. He's not even real. I was like, this guy is not no, real. No, he's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot. I could tell even then. And he was just, um, <laughs> I thought, no, this guy is, I, my first impression was, he's too good looking. He's probably only interested in one thing. He probably only wants to hook up. Um, and I was not interested in that. That was not my interest. Believe it or not, I saw this beautiful, <laughs> he was shirtless in his profile picture. Woo. Okay. <laughs> little, little foreshadowing. Little foreshadowing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, he can't be, you know, he's got to be interested in just one thing and that's not what I'm interested in. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to see him. And then I discovered through our conversation that he was a violinist and I uh, saw a link to his Instagram and I saw a clip of him playing the violin at the Andrea Bocelli concert and I melted. I mean, I literally melted. He looked like a Disney prince and he was everything I ever dreamed of. He was playing a violin. So then I was like, okay, we'll meet. Let's meet. And our first date, I gave him a painting lesson, and he tried to give me a violin lesson, but 
the violin is a very difficult instrument to learn. So he actually performed for me in my living room, and it was Shirtless? unbelievable. Yeah. No, sure did, sure did. His shirt didn't come uh-huh. off. Um, well, not right away, anyway. okay (laughs) i'm classy we waited at least like five hours (laughs) yeah i was gonna say 20 minutes yeah yeah (laughs) had to to finish your concerto (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness Um, i love it now wait a minute i just have to i just have to interrupt for the record you're both beautiful gorgeous both both of you guys are gorgeous men it's thank you thank you it should be said (laughs) Um, so all creativity aside, what do you love most about each other? So I like Matthew, I don't want you to say anything regarding his filmmaking, any of his artwork or anything. Paul, you're not allowed to say anything regarding Matthew's shirtlessness or (laughs) violin playing or Uh anything of that sort. What do you guys love most about each other? Um, that has nothing to do with your creative outreach um wow okay so apart from paul's unbelievable creativity in all aspects um it's the way yes apart from that we've uh, covered that yeah yeah we covered that wow matthew you can't mention that off limits off limits um i would say the way he connects throughout the day so um several you know many times throughout the day our days can be very busy, very intense. There's a lot of work to get done. And Paul is really good at just really connecting. And he loves to come over and give me a hug. Um, sometimes I'll come into the room and he'll just be standing there with his arms out. And, he, you know, that's his signal. Like, let's connect. Uh, even though we work together, uh, so you know, around the clock, Sometimes we can get so involved in everything that needs to get done, it, we can almost forget to just touch in with each other and connect. And so that's yeah. really beautiful to me, the way he just wants to you know, embrace, uh, give each other a hug, check in with each other. Um, and he's uh, constantly doing it throughout the day. Wow, I sound so needy. No? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I like it. Listen. Listen, the best part of my day is when I first get to hug my husband. So I get oh. it, and that's not needy. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I totally live for that. It's just energizing to me, and I love that. And that's such an important part because, like Matthew said, I mean, we, we live and work together, and sometimes we can get so involved in the stuff that we're doing that we kind of forget. We're, we're right next to each other. We're not even connecting. We're so, we're so um, focused on what we're doing. So that's really yeah, important. You get, just you to get keep... tasky, and you forget to be human. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so Paul, what is it that you love most about Matthew aside I, from besides his amazing violin abilities and his incredibly beautiful physique? <laughs> Again, we've we've covered that this is out of bounds. <laughs> right. I'm right, sorry right. to go back to sports. I know it's traumatic for you, but we've covered that this is not allowed. <laughs> no, this is actually so easy for me because um I mean I, I mean, his body's low on low on the totem pole in terms of the things that I admire about him because there's just so many incredible qualities he has. He wakes up every morning with so much positivity and happiness. He's just, like, joyful every morning. Matthew's mm. so driven and disciplined. It's inspiring to me. It inspires me every single day. And he's an incredible leader and teacher and motivator. And he makes me want to be a better person every day. And he shows me so much love. And whenever I need it, I never feel 
the lack of love. I just feel this abundance. And Matthew's got so much to give. He's an incredible human being. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is... Again, I have to say, so glad you are both on this planet. <laughs> um, so, Paul, I've got to ask this question because your boyfriend is essentially like a violin sex symbol. And everyone <laughs> essentially li- like literally comes to listen to what it is that he does by way of his aesthetics right they love to see his physique they love to see his face does that ever in any way shape or form get to you or does it make you uncomfortable and if it does how do you manage that absolutely not i and it never has and the the truth is that that was my hope from the get-go i would never have suggested he do it if i didn't want hundreds or millions of thousands of millions of people to admire him and love him. When I see it happening and I see the messages he gets and half the time I'm the one answering them because of course I have to help him with his social media. So it doesn't bother me. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, great, my plan worked. People love it. I mean, I knew I wasn't the only one who thought this was amazing. Everybody else loves it too. So the truth is I, it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. I love that people get to experience it and see it. And Matthew's got, amazing boundaries, excellent boundaries with people that want to go to take things a little far. And we have such an open, loving and trusting relationship. I have yet to feel anything that, you know, um, I've never felt uncomfortable about it. I think that it's great. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, I've got Matthew because I think people end up doing the deep dive into your you know your instagram pages and stuff like that they figure things out and then they end up stumbling upon paul do you ever feel any jealousy or an uncomfortability with maybe you know some fans react paul do you get like fan reactions to you or people reaching out to you trying to holler at you ever oh yeah i mean it 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 happens not nearly obviously as much as it happens to matthew but i have a, a small fan base most of the attention I get comes through Matthew. I'm a trickle down, kind of like I'm always. I'm used to the hand me downs. Anyway, I have an older brother. <laughs> I love it. And I, uh, but I have my own little growing fan base that just like my art and whatnot. And you know, there's um, a little bit of a attention that I get, but we just kind of handle it the same way. That's yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm always glad when someone discovers Paul via the the shirtless violinist, and because um, I think the relationship is a unique aspect of it. So, so I, I think most people are kind of delighted to discover, like, oh wow, there's there he has a partner, and his partner is so involved and in the shirtless violinist, and has his own beautiful art studio but just for the record i want to say i have no desire to uh have as much attention as matthew does i could not handle it i am a big introvert i i get nervous about everything i was nervous i hear you i was nervous before this podcast matthew has to calm me down before (laughs) everything i get i get sick when i have to be um 
in front of a camera or in the spotlight. Like I would much prefer to be the guy painting the painting. I totally painting. hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be painting yeah. the painting, writing the script behind the camera. That's where I'm. Uh, that's where I'm happiest. <laughs> I absolutely get it. I still write under pseudonyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you? That's great. Interesting. Yeah, no, and I'm like, where's the camera? Show me where it is so you can get my good angle. Um, <laughs> please, please, you buy the lights to make sure it looks right. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds just like Matthew. That sounds just yeah. like Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, and you guys know. You guys know it's all about that balance. So you kind of have the little yin and yang going on. 100%. I mean, that's one of our most recent episodes was about how like opposites attract. Like You kind of have to have those things right to be able to make each other work because not only do you learn but you draw from one another like tony's um inability to be in the spotlight actually kind of reels me back a teeny bit and kind of makes me think to myself like am i being a bit too much do i need to like take it back and then sometimes i'm able to like make that happen and i think sometimes he like i don't know like my excitement or my ability to be social so social gives him the ability to like ramp it up a little bit more because he's like okay like he's comfortable so that means i can be comfortable too like let me find out what this is and like jump into that as well so um we do try to yeah, learn from yeah. each other by way of that oh yeah yeah but i'm yeah. still terrified of people yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny, Tony. Matthew keeps thinking that if I do enough of these, like um, that feeling that will go away, and I'm like, no, this is it for life. No, I'm always gonna no. be sick. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm it's always gonna nature. be like, terrified. <laughs> yeah, like I've uh, so I have always been just uh, that's the right word, terrified. I've always been terrified, and I like I had this moment in like middle school where I said, huh, it appears as though if I want to get ahead, I had better like not necessarily get over this, but figure out how to work around it. Um, and so I like started taking like different opportunities and different classes and eventually different jobs that um, required me to be in front of people. But yeah. even like to this day, like I, I will do it, but I am like frozen with fear uh, mm -hmm. when I have to do it. So I, I absolutely get it. I absolutely <laughs> understand it. It's, um, I don't know it's it's overpowering but mm -hmm. you do what you got to do you do what you got to do yeah. and you know, it's, it's great that you push yourself i mean i kind of feel the same about myself i mean i push myself into the, a lot of these situations and i've been in a lot of matthew's videos and so i've kind of like forced myself into doing things that make me feel uncomfortable all the time you are yeah. incredibly well realized and such a full character in the videos uh, you you do a great and job and a wonderful mermaid <laughs> thank you. Oh my god. You do you do a great job. You do a really great job. Thank you. Thank um you. so guys, I mean, last question um is, you know, we this episode was a little bit about like outside influences based on your relationship and we feel like there is no better couple to <laughs> speak on this uh situation, but if there was any advice or um, guidance that you would give to listeners that have to worry about like you know other people kind of being involved in their relationship or um, having access to their partners or anything of that sort what advice would you give to you know our listeners or anybody that like 
needs to hear a, a good message regarding this topic? Uh, I would say you really want to have good and open communication within your relationship. So you want to be honest with each other, direct, uh, expressing your needs, and uh, you know, talking talking things out as you encounter things. So as in, when we started this from the beginning, we were good at communicating, and as things would come up, as as outside influences began to grow, um, we were always right there, sitting down, talking about it. How did we each feel? Uh, making sure that we, you know, came to an agreement or a compromise that really met both of our needs. Um, so that's really important. You have to be direct, open, uh, have very real conversation, and tackle those things. Don't don't brush them aside. Um, address them as they come up, and then. Um, yeah, really good boundaries because uh, outside influences, um, you know, it's, it can be a slippery slope if you don't have really good boundaries with what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. Um, if I had advice, uh, if I if I had advice for any couple that wanted to be uh, put their relationship and their personal life on on YouTube or on Instagram or anywhere on social media. Matthew really hit it on the head. It was about discussing those uh, the things that are naturally going to be coming up. And I would the advice I would give is decide beforehand what you are and are not going to share, and stick to what you decide to do, and make sure that you're mm. both on the same page. And <clears throat> that's extremely important. And the second thing, because we live in such a phone-dominated social media world. Make sure that there are big parts of your day that do not include social media that you can just be with each here, other. Here, here. Yeah. Here, here. I love it. That is great. That's wonderful. Really quickly, do you all have anything that you want to promote? Ooh. Yeah. Matthew, your CD. You have a CD <laughs> and a bunch of merch. Yeah. So I told uh, you guys he was great at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, shirtlessviolinist.com. I have uh, my first album out. I'm really proud of a uh, bunch of posters from various photo shoots. Um, you can listen to the CD, close your eyes, and just imagine him shirtless. So <laughs> there's pictures on it. You can also buy the posters, which are super hot. Oh yeah, put them on your ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the posters were fun because I got to pick a bunch of my favorite quotes and these were these are quotes that i say so often paul rolls his eyes when i say them well you know i gotta keep things real <laughs> right and, right um, right <laughs> oh i love and, that you quote einstein i think that's fantastic oh yeah yeah gotta quote einstein gotta have him on there you do <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, I, other than that i uh, all of my music videos uh, most people don't know all of my music videos are crowdfunded um paul and i quickly realized that they were too expensive for us to keep making so we started patreon.com uh forward slash shirtless violinist and we have a dedicated group of people that want us to keep doing that and it is every video that comes out is only because every month they support another music video so we could not do this without them um they believe in us. They want us to keep doing this, and we keep doing it as long as they're there. Yeah, so I really think that that would be probably the most important thing. We could not be where we are today without the fact that Matthew and I have fans that are 
financially supporting what we do and allowing us to keep doing it. We didn't touch on this in this uh, podcast, but I think that it's incredibly important for me to state that what the shirtless violinist has become and the love stories that we portray through our videos is our mission to create more representation of healthy, loving, gay relationships out there for the world. Which is exactly why you guys are talking to us. Today. Yes, it is. is exactly Full circle, right. baby. <laughs> I love I love that our mission and values align. It's, it sure. is, it's so important. And you know, like you guys have listeners all over the world and in parts of the world where homosexuality is still not legal and people go to jail and are killed because of it. And there is persecution and bigotry everywhere and right here in our own backyards. So what we're doing is so important. What you guys are doing is so incredibly important to show that our love is strong and, like you said, complex and beautiful, and it's just like all the other love that we were uh, raised around. And so I just think that that message of representation is so important to what we do. And that is what we're capable of doing because of the Patreon.com family that supports um, our mission statement. I love it. There you go. I love it. Anything else? Um, and Paul, where can... Um, our listeners find your artwork as well. Yes, thank you, <laughs> Matthew. We'll mark it for you. And say that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you can find my artwork, my prints, and I also do custom artwork, um, which is all listed on my website. If you go to paulcastlestudio.com, uh, you can see what I do. And like you mentioned earlier, proceeds go to the Foundation for Fighting Blindness in hopes of finding a cure for genetic eye diseases. Love it. So great. You guys are incredible. And this has literally been the highlight of our year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys are too sweet. It's going to get so much better when we come out to see you. (laughs) For sure. Because we have to be like real. We have to be like real friends in in person. Oh, yeah. Yes. We'd love that. I I absolutely believe we will be. (laughs) I like it. That is great. I have my fingers and my toes crossed. (laughs) Um, Well, that is definitely a great way to end. Um, (laughs) Matthew Olszewski and Paul Castle. You got it. I.e. the shirtless violinist and his bow. Um, We thank you guys so much for um, being with us today. Um, Again, you guys are incredible. And I feel like this was like, I mean, we feel like this was like the most serendipitous and lovely interview that we've done to date. Um, this is probably the this is the best podcast I think we've ever done. This is the most fun we've ever had. Oh yeah, we've laughed so oh. much. So happy to hear that. I have to tell you this this last uh, you know hour plus has been nothing short of sacred for me. I, this has been wonderful. Now, if I oh, die tomorrow, wow. I, w- I will die as a happy person. <laughs> I don't think I can one-up that. Okay, you guys win. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a competition. (laughs) If I die after this podcast ends, then, uh, well, that'll be enough. (laughs) I know, right? There you go. You guys are incredible. You guys, thank Uh, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. um, We are going to take a short break, and we're going to be back with some listener situations. And now it's time for our listener situations. 
That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance because they call me Mr. Boombastic Radio Fantastic. I don't really know that I know the words to that song. <laughs> you clearly don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody does, right? Mr. Color Plastic. <laughs> is that an actual thing? It is in the song. I don't know that. <laughs> Erroneous. <laughs> here we go. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Angel and I live in California. I'm 24 years old, and I've been with my boyfriend for three months. I think I love him, but I'm scared to tell him. I think he loves me, too, but he hasn't said anything. I think we are both scared to say it, so I think nobody will say it. How do I tell him that I love him? And what happens if he doesn't say it back? Is three months too quick to say, I love you? I hope you respond. Signed, Angel. Well, Angel, first of all, we always respond. We just may not always do it on air. Mm. Um, So I want all our listeners to know that. Your situation is a very common one. Uh, I don't think three months is too fast, Um, not if that's really how you feel. Um, And I've never been a firm believer in um, sort of hiding that feeling. I think it's a wonderful feeling. I think it should be expressed. I think it should be shared. And if it scares somebody off, then good that you found out now Yeah, uh, has always been my opinion. Like, I'm not going to hide how I feel. This is how I feel. But just be ready if he doesn't say it back. Yeah, I mean, Um, three months is, I think, more than enough time to feel to find that you feel that way right like that makes sense um i say just rip the band-aid off and do it um you know if you feel that way feel that way and and make sure that he's fully aware of it um and to tony's point you can say it and not expect a return um not right away at least but definitely get it out there um but he probably is scared it's scary to say that you love somebody for the first time. But I think it was three months into dating that you and I, that I ended up saying I love you within three months. It was about, yeah, if even that. It was pretty quick. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And just if you, like you said, you're both so scared, maybe no one's going to say it. You know, if you need to get motivated, just imagine how you'll feel um, when he says it back Mm. and let that help you um, get the, you know, cojones. Um, or the ovaries <laughs> or the ovaries all right um the next one hello critelli men my name is janet and i just moved in with my girlfriend of eight months we rented a nice sized two-bedroom house with a big backyard in memphis tennessee since we first started talking about cohabitation she's made it very clear that she wants a dog and a big one i'm excited about the idea but i'm not sure we are ready i've never had a pet before I hear that there are a lot of work, and I don't know how I feel about that level of commitment. I like the idea of us being able to take a trip whenever we want, and I think a dog would impede that. We both listen to your show, and we know that you have pets. What do you think about our situation? Well, um... I don't know that... Um, dogs are a lot of responsibility. They are. I'm... The whole issue of like not being able to leave town, Like you're absolutely right. Yeah. Would, wouldn't trade ours for the world, though. No, I love our dog. Um, that's our child. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you that they are a lot of responsibility. So don't get one until you find that you are in a place that uh, allows you an opportunity to take care of a dog fully. 
Um, if you want to vacation a lot and want to do a lot of things um, that don't require you being home all the time, then don't get a dog. But also don't get a dog and then leave the dog outside all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Like That's just not fair to the dog because they do need attention. They do need interaction as well. Um, so just wait till you get to the place to do that. I, I, I wouldn't put that added pressure on the relationship if it's unnecessary. Yeah, and I would just say be very clear about, um, you know, the roles and responsibilities of everyone involved. Any pet can be a great source of joy. Um, It's just you have to really know what you're getting yourself into. Like, there's lots of things that I wish I could do right after work, but I can't because I have to go home and I have to walk the dog. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've worked around that. So I come home, I take care of the dog, and and then if I want to, I go back out. It's not the most convenient thing in the world, but he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, but Tony and I literally have to coordinate. So, like, if he's going to the gym after work, I know I have to leave work early because I have to go home. Not even early, like, right on time because I have to go take the dog out. Like, you know, there are just things that we end up having to do that just make it a little hard. You know, we're going to um, Punta Cana next year, and all of our dog sitters will be with us. (laughs) So we're going to have to figure out exactly what it means to, like, be gone and who's going to take care of the dog and, like, all of that stuff like that. So... It's a lot of responsibility. So just know that and understand that. And if you're ready for it, then do it because you will love it. Loving dogs is like one of the greatest things that you could ever do. Um, but it takes a lot. Mm, it does. It takes so much. And you want to make sure that you're fair to the dog um, because they didn't ask for any of this. Um, and so you have to be good to them. Uh, so just, you know, take your time, make sure that you're again in a good place that you and your girlfriend feel fine about everything and, uh, let that be that. There you go. Awesome. We're going to take a quick break. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And tell all your friends. You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. If you're in the New York City area, be sure to join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. And remember, stay calm and don't shit yourself.